Hey, dear ones, did you know that you have a built-in compass guiding you to your soul mission with all the tools you need to fulfill that soul mission? Sound exciting? Then join me for a Soul Blueprint, the only certification program that reveals how to amplify your five spiritual gifts so you can consciously create a life and business of massive soul line success. Enroll now at allisonscammell.com forward slash soul blueprint. And you can find that link in the show notes. Well, hello, my dear ones. How are we doing today? I hope that you are well and thriving. We have a super powerful episode for you today. That was just an amazing connection. I was lucky enough to get to chat with the amazing Anna Tui about the power of compassion to enhance your intuition and connect with wealth. And it's really, I, I have a strong feeling you are going to relate to compassion in a totally different way after this episode. So let's get into it. In today's episode, Anna explores with us how we get disconnected from compassion and what can happen when that disconnection is there, how being in the energy of compassion enhances your intuition and how it helps you to connect to wealth and abundance. We end on an invitation that will have you utilizing the power and the energy of compassion in a whole new way in your life and business to enhance your gifts and connect to more abundance and wealth. So you're going to want to stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions, and we yearn to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you to join our community of over 1,400. Yes, we are now at 1,400 leaders and lightworkers who are in service to each other and the planet. Find a link to join in the show notes. Today, we are talking about the energy and the emotion of compassion. And no better person to explore it with us is Anna Sui. Anna is a genius coach and international writer, speaker, and serial entrepreneur. She is the founder of the Intuitive Business School and author of a best-selling book, Shadow Magic, Turn your fear into fuel and create a prosperous coaching business. She has developed a proprietary genius methodology that helps people connect to their inner genius and create a uniquely fulfilling life and business. Anne and I truly just had a deep connection and exchange over this topic of compassion. And I really feel like we embodied it with each other as we spoke. 
And I really feel like you are going to receive so much from this episode and from Anna's wisdom. Please enjoy. Hi, Anna. Welcome back to Soul Guide Radio. Allison, I've been gone for too long. I've missed you. I know. I've missed you too. And this is actually, you are on my old podcast, She Grows, and this is your first appearance on New Energy, Higher Vibe, Soul Guide Radio. Wow. I can feel it. I really can't. <laughs> can you feel the high vibe? Yeah. I need to up my game. No, no, no. You, we're, we're matching your frequency. We're We're rising to your frequency. So I love this topic we're going to be unpacking today. Mm, Yeah, it's a really important one that I think not a lot of people talk enough about. Yeah, I get lots and lots of people pitching to be on the show, which is always like so humbled for that. But I do notice that the topics tend to get to be very similar. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily, when I'm looking for guests, and obviously you're always welcome to be on this show. But if someone who I, if it's, I don't know them and they're pitching to be on the show, I don't immediately go to the Facebook to see how many followers they have. I, I will do that. I'm not going to lie, but it's not the first thing I do. The first thing I do is say, is this a unique topic? Is this a topic people aren't talking about and should be? You know, is this topic relevant? And I feel like we have that today. Yay. We've done it. Well, we'll right? see about that. <laughs> oh, no, I totally think we have. And so I never start. I never ask people about their journey. Because I feel like, ah, if it's meant to come up, it'll come up. But I do actually want to, by exception, and because it's you, Anna, I want to ask about your journey. And I would love for you to share with our listeners your journey to discovering the power of compassion. Wow, Allison. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Having me on your new High Vibe podcast is so exciting. I really can feel it. I love being in your presence. So just like, thanks for this juice in my morning time. And I think this is a really great topic. So actually, thank you for bringing it up. I think everyone listening, all of your audience, they're all intuitive, right? We're all intuitives. And we're probably, you know, likely all empaths too. And so compassion is something that for me, and you asked me about my story, it's always been kind of more of a curse, right? Than than a gift for an empath growing up in kind of a chaotic environment. And so I grew up in a pretty chaotic environment as an immigrant to the U.S. and my parents were working full time. I was a young kid, basically I had to take care of myself. I looked different than anyone else on our blog in our neighborhood. So I was constantly being like harassed and chased and followed. It was like not a great, it was not a great childhood. And I just remember distinctly just feeling like the adults, like they just had this heaviness about them, you know, like there was just And I didn't even know this word, but I knew it was like they were just suffering in some way. Like they weren't happy. I wasn't super happy, but I did have some friends, you know, and I could just feel that everyone had this like heaviness about them. And even the kids, right, especially the kids that were bullying me and stuff. I was like, wow, there's something off about their energy. And I never, you know, told anyone about it or anything like that. But then, you know, growing up and going to to university and getting a job, I was like, oh, I still feel this around people. And it didn't really click in until one day I did a workshop for the the VA. So everyone on the call, there were veterans, they served our, served our country in some way, you know, like, like you served our country too, right? And yeah, and they were all, and the, the call was really interesting. I was doing a workshop on how to build influence and be able to kind of be more seen as a leader. And a lot of them had difficult managers or difficult directors. And I was giving them, you know, like, these are some tools here, are like, you know, three or four skill sets that you can have and languaging you can use. 
But then the last tip I had, I kind of had it as like a secret. And I was like, well, this is your best tip, right? And they're like, oh, what is it? And I just had one slide up and it said compassion. And everyone, you could just feel there was a wave of silence and acknowledgement through the room because the guy who was asking the question about his manager being difficult, he was like, oh, you know what? Well, actually he served in Iraq two or three rounds, right? And yeah, I bet that really was difficult for him. And I know that he's a good guy. He can just be a little difficult, right? But you could see that they were seeing their situation from a totally different light. And it was like, guys, that's it. That's you being able to feel their energy like you're a part of them. And that's you being able to really get the superpower of communication, right? We can do all these communication tools and body language stuff. But I feel like until you access compassion, you really can't access that connectivity between people, right? Between our hearts. And when they got it, they just got it. They're like, wow, I've kind of just been not compassionate, right? Enough for people that I work with. And especially if they've all, you know, been veterans and been through a difficult trauma, which I think we all have, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. So I'd be really curious to know in your experience, what are the most common misunderstandings about compassion you experience? And then how would you, how do you define it or how do you experience it? You, you kind of already said that, but if you could go deeper into to how you how you define it. Yeah. You know, I, I define it differently almost every day. So let's see today how I define it. Compassion is definitely, you know, you're able to see where the other person is coming from. You can really be in their shoes. And recently I've really begun to realize that compassion really is about oneness. It's about even if you're somewhere and someone's being very misogynistic to you, or even abusive, or even this is, you know, this is a high level podcast, right? So I think we can get that. Like if someone's being blatantly racist to you, compassion is this incredible ability to be part of source and oneness and be like, oh, well, there's just a part of me right now. This person is just an extension of me, an extension of source who's having this experience of othering me, right? Because I'm a woman or because I'm, you know, whatever. And I think that's the ultimate compassion when you can see from source's perspective. And you instantly, when you can get to that perspective, what I've noticed is you can instantly shift energy dynamics. And it's like the person is, they don't, they're not aware, but they can feel like some big shift has happened. Mm -hmm. And I really think what, what happens there is they realize you're kind of on their side or you're not their enemy. So usually people just expect to be, or, you know, maybe in the Northeast and from the Northeast, you just expect sarcasm. You expect people to just kind of like be returning your, you know, your meanness back to you or whatever. Not so in the South. I think people are a little nicer in the South. But when you have this compassion and especially this source level compassion, people are always taken off guard. They're super interested. They're like, what just happened here? And then they just feel like you're not their enemy. They mm-hmm. feel, and it could have been, you could be like antagonistic with them for a decade working in opposite departments or whatever. Right. But they'll feel a shift and then they'll just be like, Oh yeah, I just feel like. Allison's on my side or Anna's on, I don't know why. It's this innate part of us that when someone is compassionate towards us, we feel it because the sad thing is it doesn't happen very frequently. It's so sad. But yeah, it really is a superpower because not many people use it. Yeah. And so what are, how do we, I feel like maybe we misunderstand it a little bit or something. Maybe we, is it a misunderstanding or maybe we just forget about it or how is it we get kind of disconnected from compassion? Oh, so this, ooh, this is so good. There's so many things. And as you know, because you and I talked about this, we're kind of moving into this new era of more the the divine feminine, right? 
and what has been just trounced on for the last 2,500, it's the feminine. And so compassion is seen as, I think, more of a feminine quality or divine feminine quality. And it's seen for me, and, and I would love to hear your perspective on this up in the places you for it. But in my workplaces, it's not the most touted thing, right? It's like, no, you want to be analytical. You want to be strategic. You kind of want to be the person who can screw with the other person without them knowing it. And then you get all these points, right? Because we live in this kind of, or I, I was working in this kind of toxic male uh, masculine environment. And so it's discounted a lot, but it's really the only thing that matters. And it's a thing that makes people feel human again and like love their lives again. So it's a really poor quality that I think there's a resurgence of. Right now, it's kind of like a little bit miscommunicated because it's in this woke culture of just calling out people without any compassion. Actually, it's so interesting, right? So crazy. But I think it's making a resurgence. I so agree with what you just said about the woke. There's some some really beautiful things happening. We are awakening up. And if we don't approach calling people out with compassion, I feel like it's not going to have the effects that we want it ultimately. It feels really, I don't know, that woke culture, it feels very scary to me, right? Yes. Well, on the one hand, I, I applaud the, like, the spirit of it. I don't always applaud its implementation or how it's managed or I, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, it but I do. It feels like a witch hunt sometimes. Yes. Yes. Have you seen on Netflix this whole witch hunt? I thought that they did a great job. Have you seen the chair starring Sandra O oh on Netflix? I think one episode. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they did. And I am not just mentioning this because she's the first Asian American chair in your Asian America. <laughs> not mentioning it because that I'm mentioning it because of this whole they they did this show. If anybody's interested, does a brilliant job. First of all, it's very entertaining. They do a brilliant job of showing the light of the woke movement and the shadow and this like what can happen. They go on a witch hunt for people who are actually really innocent. Not all people are in it. Like, not everybody's innocent, but there are some people who just maybe misspoke or they were being misunderstood and the situation gets treated without compassion and then it turns into a witch hunt and then nobody's really served ultimately. Oh, that's so, that just makes me so sad. I know. It's a show, but it's so relevant to our times now. It is super, super relevant. So you and I were chatting about this topic just on Boxer and right after you had kind of mentioned that You've been doing a lot of work with compassion and tuning into the energy of compassion. Right after we talked, I had an incident. I had an incident that involved what I felt to be a lack of compassion. So with my daughter, who's five, and she has this best friend. I won't say names. I really don't think the parents of this child listen to this podcast, but I will protect everybody's anonymity. So I'll just say my daughter's best friend. And my daughter is a very physical girl. You know, some kids internalize, some kids use words that hurt when they when they can't process a big emotion, and some kids use their body. Freya is the latter. And those are the kids that always get in the biggest trouble with the teachers. And so Freya had hit her friend. I don't know. It's really, really hard to get details out of five-year-olds like, hey, what happened? Like, they move on. They're kind of like dogs, right? They just like, it happened. I just went to the bathroom on the carpet 10 minutes ago and you're yelling at me now. I have no idea why you're yelling at me, right? So that's kind of five years old. So like, I, I have no idea why she hit her, but she did. Well, 
And we didn't know about it. We had no idea that this incident had taken place at school. Well, we get home that night and we're actually, we decided to go out for a celebratory family dinner because we were celebrating something in our family. We were having such a nice night. And then in the middle of our dinner out at a restaurant, we get a text from best friend's father, angry, mean text saying that this had happened saying that we don't condone violence in the household. You clearly do condone violence in the household. It was really like the most upsetting. Like I was almost on the verge of tears, texts. Like they would really think we would have a violent household. And the thing that hurt me the most is I thought we had a relationship with these people. I thought that they were the type of people that would just call us and say, you know, Freya hit her child today and we 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 don't like that. We're concerned about that. We want to make sure she doesn't do it again. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, my gosh. But the whole thing, the whole thing is I felt that though they I understand why they were mad. But my feeling was they had no compassion for Freya. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was like they didn't see any of you as people. Right. At that point, it was just their anger. Yes. Wow. So because I talked to you, I said, you know what? They are talking to us without compassion, but I'm going to return it to them with compassion. Wow. Yes. Okay. I just got chills when you said that because that's the last thing that people expect, I think. And I think it just speaks to who you are, but they're forgetting, right? They're five-year-olds, they're kids. They're yep. learning. Yes. Yes. What are you teaching them? This is so, this is so depressing to me. But now, oh, right? Teaching them, Allison, that's awesome. So what did I do in compassion? I called them because I think in compassion, you need to have a connection. That's not just an angry text. Like yeah. what do you do with an angry text? Yeah. When does an angry text ever solve anything? Right. Yeah. So I called up the mother who I have more of a relationship with. And I just had a real conversation. And I started out with an apology because I did feel genuinely bad that my daughter had hit her daughter. Like I yeah. did. So it was yeah. a sincere ap- apology. And I let her know what we were doing to address. And I explained that. Freya is now in this bilingual thing. You know, she's an English speaker, but she's going to a Dutch school and she doesn't know how to communicate herself very well in Dutch. Mm. So she will resolve to her body and we're trying to teach her not to do it. And I just I just had a really heartfelt conversation with her. Wow. And how did that turn out? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that it was like I I was like all warm and fuzzy, but I would say that I definitely changed the energy of it. Yes. You can feel it. You're absolutely, you can feel the energy between people. And when you make that shift, it's just like everyone, because people won't ask for compassion, right? We, we won't. But when you give it to them, they're just like, there's something about them that relaxes. Yes. That's amazing. You heal that, you brought healing to that relationship, I would say. Yeah. So you just said something really interesting. Why don't we ask for compassion? What do you think? Why? I think that's correct. Why do you think we don't? Because our parents are overworked and stressed out and then society puts a lot of pressure on them and then they just return that pressure to us. And here's the thing that I think, uh, this is why I feel like the people who make compassion their life work. So a lot of Buddhist monks, basically, and a lot of people who I think are in service, they really get it. Like these people understand humanity. They understand the way the universe works. Like we're just like these players that are just chicken, you know, with our heads cut off. Like if you don't, if you're not taught compassion, you're really taught almost like just achieving, you know? And so this part of us, and especially for your audience, like all of these empaths and intuitives and, you know, like psychics, and we pick up so much that sometimes we lose our own voice and we kind of forget that compassion is a really powerful grounding tool. And compassion is a really 
powerful intuitive tool. So that, because it's the connector of all of us, right? And so when I realized that compassion is something that is powerful, because I was, you know, what I was, so I'm the person who, okay, my, everyone makes fun of me, but if I go to a farmer's market and I talk to somebody about how their raspberry jam was made by their kids on their farm, whatever, and it's like $30, I will buy it because I want to support, I don't eat raspberry jam. I've been going to like five bunch and then just like kind of give it to a homeless person. Like, I don't need this. Right. And then they're like, why did you spend like a hundred dollars on stuff? And it's because I have this like compassion. I want to support them. Right. It's like, you know, like I'm sure with all of your clients, you're like, I feel you. I feel your power. I feel where you're coming from. And you just like, it just pulls at you. And so I'm that person who kind of got criticized a lot for being compassionate because it wasn't like the smart thing to be. Right. Right. And so you realize that, oh, maybe it is like a weakness versus yeah. just strength ever. Yes. So I want to talk about how it is an intuitive tool. But before that, I want to get back to this example with Fran or Fred, because I think it, it's just such a good example. And the reason why is because you said, well, how did it shift the energy? And I, and I said it did shift it, but I think to a better place, but I think it stopped short because in the conversation, I noticed myself in energy of compassion. And then I started getting people pleasy. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was like a little bit like, so sorry, so sorry this happened. What I really wanted to do is ask her for compassion. Do you think you could have compassion for me? You know, we're new here. We're new to this community, this oh culture. Could you have a little compassion for Freya? She can't communicate. She can't say words in Dutch. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to ask for compassion. And I approached the situation from compassion, but I also got very people pleasy. Do you think yeah. that 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 can happen? Like there's like a fine line between compassion and people pleasing. I know. I want to cry too. We can do it. When you said that, I'm like, of oh, course, poor friend. And we like, yeah, it's cut her some slack. I know. Cut her some slack. Yeah. Such a big transition. Oh, yeah. I that, know. But and you're right. I think we feel bad, right? We feel bad asking for compassion. But when you said that, I think everyone's like, yes, of course. And it probably just never crossed their minds because we're not trained in that, right? And a, a lot of times also for empaths, it can feel like it's too much emotion. So we cut that off. And I know for me, like when it comes to my family, sometimes it's just too much emotion. And I'm like, I can't deal with that right now. And so we have to understand that for other people, they probably have like not as deep of an emotional well or threshold. And unconsciously, they might not be able to go there. But I do think like just you bringing that up, Allison, it's so universal. Like, how could you not, you know, be like, oh my gosh, Freya, of course. And I bet they just didn't realize, right? But you're right. Like if we also just don't have, and I don't think, I mean, I definitely don't. I don't know if a lot of people do, but just this internal threshold to receive, this capacity to receive, it's very difficult asking for compassion. And I remember when I was um, younger, I was kind of asking source, like, why are all these people suffering? And then one of the answers was so that people can grow their compassion. Because if you see like a little kid, right? You have to have compassion for them because they're just a little kid. If you see someone who's clearly suffering or homeless or whatever, like it just brings up this feeling in a lot of people of compassion. And then they, you know, usually ignore it or they, you know, drive around them or whatever it is. But I think we need, we all need to work on our ability to receive and give compassion for sure. But if we can't really receive, then yeah, the people pleasing comes in. I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the first step is awareness. I think just being aware, right? I think it's progress. 
And I think you're so right. Just checking into like, am I, am I really able to receive compassion or do I think I'm worthy of receiving compassion? Like starting there, you know, starting with your own stuff is always the best place to start. Oh, yeah. So Allison, do you have compassion for yourself during this process? Which is difficult. I mean, you guys were enjoying such a nice dinner, you know, and then you had to go get this text and make this phone call and not feel like it was completed. You know, it feels still a little bit like, yeah, incomplete. I don't know. I was very angry at them. You know, I was angry. And I was not angry that they were upset that their daughter had got hit because that was very understandable. I had compassion for that. I just was angry that they didn't have compassion. That's why I was angry. And so... I don't think I was too high on compassion for myself. And I didn't beat myself up, but I think I could have, I could have turned the dial up on my own self-compassion for sure. Yeah. I think there's definitely as parents, there's a lot of internal beating up like, oh, I could have said this differently or, you know, like it would have been better if I did this. And as we all know, everything's perfect as it is. Right. You just shifting that to compassion from anger to compassion. That was the biggest gift of all. I think compassion, the compassion that you showed them is a huge gift. And maybe they're just processing it. Yeah. Do the Dutch have a lot of compassion? They seem very, I don't know, like not super warm. I definitely, I think culturally they are, culturally, obviously there's exceptions to all the rules and, you know, but I think they're, they're Calvinists, you know, they have a history of being Calvinist and the Calvinist is a very stoic religion. There's a lot of stoicism. And if you're stoic, you're not tapping into your compassion. You're sort of cutting it off, right? You're not feeling. So, yeah. And the thing that this is a big Dutch thing that does get on my nerves. And I know there's there's a lot of listeners who are Dutch and I of this podcast. And no, I love you and I love your country and I'm very happy here. And you will agree that the Dutch will say, I am very direct. Dutch people are very direct. And they'll be like, oh, since the last time I've seen you, you've put on quite a bit of weight. And, you're, and I'm like gasping. I'm like, yes, I've put on weight. I'm like on the verge of tears. And they're like, oh, no, you don't understand. We're just direct. We're just direct. And like, I'm like, you know, literally like my eyes filling with tears, for example. <laughs> so there is this directness that I think sometimes if you are in the energy of compassion, you would you kind of pause for a second to think about how is the other person going to receive this instead of just you know, machine gunning something at you that's very direct, right? Sometimes yeah. people are not in the mood for a machine gun, right? Not in Texas. We love machine guns. Right, right. Well, you know, like just today, I was walking my dog and <laughs> I ran into my neighbor and she said to me, oh, where does this dog come from? And I said, oh, she, she's a rescue from Spain. And then she said, oh, wow. There's a lot of dogs in Holland that need rescue. And it's very sad that nobody wants to rescue them and they go get them from abroad. And I was just like, but I love my doggy. And that's that's the directness, you know, and sometimes I think the directness doesn't compassion. I think that's actually what what it misses and why why maybe it's not always always the best way to go. Wow, that's such a different experience. It's such a different experience than in Asian cultures where it's super indirect and all you do is feel the emotion of, am I making this person uncomfortable? You know, if I am, like, can I do something else? Can I, you know, like, I offer them something and it's super non, I wouldn't say it's not nonverbal, but it's definitely not direct. So I can, oh my gosh, I can imagine. Like the opposite. But is there pitfalls with being too? Is there, does sometimes, does that have a shadow side to it too? Oh, yes. So being not direct, you mean, or too direct? 
being not like that the Asian style of not being direct. Oh yeah, you can never express how you truly feel because and especially if someone's your elder. So in like a work environment, you could never give your point of view because you you might disrespect somebody. Right. And I think with both instances being too direct or, you know, overtly direct and very indirect, there's a big ego situation going on. Right. And it's kind of like that's the thing that we have to all grapple with is like at which part is the ego just taking over? And I, I, just because I have experience with like the Asian cultures, there's a very hierarchical ego. And so people are very, I wouldn't say they're easily offended, but there's definitely like you, you go out of your way to show respect, even if you totally disagree. Right. And which is why like Asian Americans and, you know, it, it's like a different story. Uh, but right. I, what, where the ego kicks in, in, in Dutch culture. Is it, where do they, where do their egos get hurt? I think whenever, like, from what it sounds like, when things don't go their way, when it's kind of like out of their, what they expect their day to go, they kind of get frazzled, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It is a very, very efficient country. And I think when things don't go according to plan, whatever that plan is, people get a little bit like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. Because things normally go according to, there's normally is a plan and things that go according to that plan. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I know I have friends who are from Southern Europe and I've spent a lot of time in Southern Europe and it's very different there. It's very chaotic. It's very, there are no plans. Nothing goes according to plan. And I know that those people have a really hard time sometimes fitting in here or, or really being happy here. Or sometimes they, you know, some people love it because they're looking for that organization. But I, I have talked to people who've said they've had a hard time with that and they, they miss the chaoticness of the South. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. I like, you know, you like I just we just like interesting things right so I in those types of environments I'm I'm conscious about this now but when I was younger I used to almost unconsciously make mistakes but on purpose because I was so bored <laughs> and I just wanted like some sort of like something interesting to happen like not just like super planned out I can feel like there's probably like a lot of judgment right for people who maybe don't fit exactly in the mold and you know I can imagine that's kind of difficult yeah. We don't fit the exact mold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I do disclaimer here, listeners. I've lived in a lot of countries. So has Anna been to a lot of places. Every culture has its good, its bad, and its ugly. Mm-hmm. Every single one. So we are just having an analytical conversation. I have a lot of love, big L love for all the cultures we have mentioned. So please, please know that. And on that note, I do want to get to intuition. So you said compassion can be used as an intuitive tool. How is that so? I challenge all everyone here, all of your listeners, who, by the way, I bet are secretly also like just craving like deeper and more interesting facets of life, which, by the way, help you appreciate stuff like the order and the stuff like, you know, when I go all the way on the other side of the spectrum, I really appreciate the culture that I come from that I criticize so much, but I really appreciate it. And I think you have to kind of go on the other end to truly appreciate it versus just kind of, I don't know, you don't appreciate it as much, I think, unless you question it. So. Totally. Uh, totally agreeing with what you said about like loving the, the cultures and having that experience. And I challenge every one of your listeners for the rest of the day today, lean into your compassion. The universe will give you lots of opportunities for compassion, which might feel kind of difficult, right? It might be someone driving really slow in front of you, or it might be you're trying to reach somebody and they're not picking up the phone or, you know, your partner's doing this or your kids are doing this. So I promise you for the rest of the day, you're going to have lots of opportunities for compassion. And I want you to lean into it. And then I want you to really lean into it. 
And you're probably going to find this like deeper experience of yourself. And what I found in, in my journey into compassion was I was really, really good at doing marketing and sales, right? I was really good at connecting with people from this place of, you know, not there's no agenda. It's just like, I just want to be here with you in this space. And then you can really absorb somebody. You can really understand them. You can really drink them in. And then you have all of that being with them to write about, right? To, to learn from, to share with other people. And so compassion just allows you to have this deeper experience and perspective and wisdom from someone else and that you can use however you like, right? You can just be with it. You can use it in your work. I'm actually working on a, a few corporate workshops about the power of compassion because my gripe is, you know, we teach all these personality tests and strength finders and it might be like, oh yes, I know I'm a very organized person. And I need to work with people who can give me all the steps ahead of time. And that's great, right? That's like kind of like a good tactical thing to have. But until you really teach compassion and the language of compassion, and this is why I realized back in the day when I had a job, why I was being called to go interact with the most difficult people is because they didn't know this at the time, but I had the most compassion and they, I was the only person they would talk to because I was the only person who wasn't saying that, hey, you're a total bitch. Can I say that? Hey, everyone hates you because you're a really difficult person to work with. I was just like, hey, I can see why you're, you know, you don't trust a lot of people. And we would just have these conversations and you know what, they would, they would, you know, pass the thing or they would like do the thing that we needed them to do for our department because of compassion, not because of a communication tool, right? So I think when we lean into compassion, especially in our personal lives and in the workplace, you're going to find a totally different quality about your communication that is really, and I'm going to say this again, Allison, it really is a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And when you say, I mean, I just know from my own experience of doing how many discovery calls have I done since I launched my business, right? I've done a lot. And every single time I sit in that chair to talk to someone on any sort of connecting call, if I am connecting without an agenda, that is like truly, truly not trying to say to myself, like I'm truly in the energy of no agenda, but I'm just here to connect. And if I can help, I'm here. And if I can't, that's great. That's when I get the most, the most successful. Those are the people who end up hiring me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like Allison really sees me. Yeah. Right. And it could just be, it, I think a lot of people freak out like business owners, right? We might freak out because like we're not being kind of pushy. We're not, you know, we're not doing these things that we're taught to do. So it can feel kind of awkward. And, you know, like, and you make a good point earlier where we can kind of, you know, uh, lean into a people pleasing mode, which is also, you know, I'd love that it's not compassion, but it's like a different energy, right? To sit really present with someone and just be like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, I can understand how you, how it's been a struggle in your business. I can understand you're raising kids and you're doing this. And it's, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. It's, they feel seen in a way and held in a way where that is such a gift to them. Because mm-hmm. when was the last time that someone just sat with you and was like, oh my gosh, Allison, I totally get that. Right. Or they're just listening to you and they're like, I can't believe that, ha-. you know, they're just really present with you. That's so healing. It's so healing. Yeah. There wouldn't be mass shootings and stuff like that. I yeah, right. Right. Oh, it's so healing. It's so healing. So tell us, how does this actually help us connect deeper to our intuition? If you feel into it, and I love your perspective on this because, you know, you're so psychic, you're so intuitive. I feel like it opens up a lot of the channels 
that I didn't even see before. So sometimes I see within me, they're like these tunnels, you know, like are not tunnels, but it's like these passageways that sometimes you just don't see. Like kind of you're you're exploring a castle or something and you're like, oh, here's another door. Here's another passage. That's how I feel like with, that's how I feel intuition, my intuition. And when I'm just in this light of compassion, I feel it's just like a, a tunnel of light almost. It opens up all of these other portals, if you will, that aren't just intuition. It's like connecting to divine. It's connecting to my dog. It's connecting to my business. It's connecting to all of these things, but it really lights it up. And when I, when you bring in this really divine energy, it's like the highest of all frequencies of energy, right? It's like the closest to divine source energy. When I bring this in, I experience just a lighting up of all these faculties that previously were not open to me because I was in a do mode or I was in maybe scarcity mode or, you know, like, or I was in my, my logical mind. So that's how I experience it. I'm wondering if you sense it in some way or if you see it differently. No, not differently. Um, maybe I would just offer another way to look at it. I feel like when you're not in compassion, you're not in the energy of compassion. You're in that, like what you had said earlier, you're pretty much in your ego. You're in your logical mind. You're in your left brain. And you're really thinking about your, about protecting yourself. Maybe you're afraid. You're afraid that you're going to lose your reputation. You're going to, something is going to happen to you. And so normally you're in the energy of anger or resentment towards somebody, True. right? And that will take you away from your intuition. I just got a download for your your parenting situation. Oh, to send it. This is great. This is like the story that's carried us through this podcast. And thank you so much for sharing it. I feel like I'm part of this saga. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you have been from the beginning. It's because of you I made the phone call. So funny. Okay, so this is the energy that comes up and, you know, it feels more compassionate than ego. And I love what you said because it's so true. We're in ego so much, we don't realize it, right? So from your compassionate place, almost kind of like Shiva energy, is it Shiva? Kali energy. Can you love so much that these parents were so fiercely loving their kid that they sent you what in Dutch might have been like a nuclear bomb of a text? Right. And you love them so much for being such fiercely loving parents, such fiercely Dutch parents, right? For caring about their, their child so much that they, you know, did that. I love that. Yeah. Cause guess what? I mean, hello. I, yes, like it's totally turning on my compassion because I'm seeing myself in them, right? I'm fiercely loving of my child. They're fiercely loving of their child and they, their child was getting attacked. Right. Physically attacked, of course. Right. So, yeah, I love I love that. That just yeah. turns on the, you know, let me walk in their moccasins for a second. Yeah, I can feel the tingling. And actually, just to, you know, look at the text for a minute. That must have. Do you think I've, I feel like that must have taken them a lot to send that, like, especially as you're describing the culture. I feel like it probably like, I don't, I don't think it was like, they just sent it really quickly. They must have like thought about, I don't know. Like it feels like there was something powerful in that text. I think so. And, and, and also, you know, it gets a lot back to culture, which again, compassion is a great thing to help you get through cultural differences. You know, a lot of the, the Netherlands has the largest percentage of working mothers in the world, more than Scandinavia. And so they have a really, really well-funded, well-organized daycare system. 
And so these kids, a lot of kids are going into daycare at a very young age and that daycare is prepping them from school. It's really like a pre pre-K preparatory prep school. So by the time they get into school, they know all this stuff. They know not to hit. They know all the things. Well, Freya was home with us. Like Freya didn't have that experience. She didn't have that indoctrination. She just got plunked into this system, this culture, this language. She couldn't express herself and you got the result you got. And to them, I think it was actually kind of shocking because they weren't used to Dutch kids don't really, they don't do that. They don't, it's rare for there to be instances of hitting at school. Whilst I think in other cultures, it's pretty normal and you understand it's like kids will do this, but here it's actually quite rare. So I think it was kind of shocking. Yeah. Wow. This is such a, such a learning experience. Right. And it, I, I really believe it's like compassion, man. This is like really exemplifying what compassion can do to a situation. And I really feel like you're so spot on with those. So fierce. Like, yes, I can love them so much for being such fiercely loving parents to their child. Wow. Full stop. I've got chills. Yeah. Full stop. That's it. It's not yeah. hard. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that made me more compassionate. Like, what, what if I had a kid and that, that's what happened to me, right? Like, I feel like that. That really hit home what you just said. Yeah. And they're going to feel this energy even if they don't know it, right? They're going to feel, even if they're not conscious of it. Like you said earlier in the discussion, their energy is going to shift because my energy shifts. Yeah. And I think it's so funny that a lot of times we kind of in, you know, in business and whatever, like in the, we just like try these like surface level tactics or techniques with our relationships. And it's not that it doesn't work, but I remember one of my therapists telling me like I had to like have an intervention or some sort of conversation with my parents about how they treat whatever. Right. And I was like, if I did that, (laughs) my parents would either like laugh in my face or be like, what drugs are you on? Because culturally it wouldn't, they would just be like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? But if I was able to go into the situation first with myself feeling compassion, and then with them feeling compassion. And like you said, like they feel it, even though you don't necessarily say it, right? They feel it, it's healing. And then the way that I show up is like a completely different energy. And then they just kind of learn from that because the present moment is the only real moment, right? And so they're like, oh, we're interacting in the space with Anna where she just like is coming from this energy, which I would call compassion and understanding. Like they're just, there's a part of them that heals. So that's what I sense a lot of times is like we heal these kind of crazy karmas that we have with our with our colleague, right, who's being really difficult and undermines us. But it was like a karmic thing that they, we agreed to. And then finally, we learned our lesson because of compassion. And now it can be a different relationship that because we were causing that all along. I mean, it's just kind of like it gets into these, these like complex cobwebs. But I think it really heals relationships with people. I totally, I totally agree. I love this conversation so much. So I do want to get to, before we wrap up, I really want to get to how compassion also connects us to our wealth. <sighs> Everyone take a deep breath into compassion. I think the first thing is it clears or helps us, it helps us stop beating ourselves up for maybe failing, right? Doing a business and failing or losing money in the stock market or not investing enough or not being successful enough or whatever, right? Those are the biggest blocks to receiving wealth is like how we just beat ourselves up. Compassion plugs you into a totally different energy, which is the same energy as abundance. It's the same thing. And whenever I'm in the energy of compassion, I always feel more full, like overflowing than lack. And I feel it in my body. It's not even like a mental exercise. If I've been visioning, you know, gold pools or whatever, 
is I actually feel it. I can feel source right here. I can feel the fullness of everything. And so without having to kind of logically think about it, I feel wealthy. And what's the biggest attractor to wealth and feeling? Well, I mean, it's just you actually owning the fact that you are already wealthy, is that you already have all these things that money can't buy. And compassion is really the, I think the, I don't know, the word cleanest comes to mind, but it's just like the cleanest way to get there because it's healing for everybody, right? It's naturally regenerative. And it really brings about people who want to give you things, who want to work with you. Because I think, I really think, sadly enough, the energy of compassion is so rare on this earth right now. And that I really think that if people were to embody and just try this as an experiment, folks, embody compassion, unconditional compassion in anything that shows up in your way today, whether it be towards someone else or towards yourself, embody that and just notice how you change by the end of the day. Notice how your world changes by the end of the day. Notice how you feel at the end of the day. If you don't feel more abundant and more full, I, I promise you, you will. That's all I can say. Yeah, I love that. I love that compassion actually gets you out of your head. So if you're in your head thinking of your money goals and even envisioning your money goals, it's not necessarily putting you at the energetic resonance of those goals whilst dropping into the energy of compassion. I think for most of us, we're going to start caring less about the goals. It's like, ah, well, it'd be nice, but I don't really care because I'm in this juicy energy of compassion. Whatever happens is all good. Yes. And then the universe is like, wow, finally, I can give you the big thing that wasn't on your goal list, but it's exactly the thing that you wanted. And you're like, what? Yeah, it's happened. Exactly. So I end each episode on asking the guest to leave our listeners with an invitation, inviting them to do something or be someone. And you've just done that. So yay. Yay. I uh, Say it again. What do you invite our listeners to do? I'll repeat it for so people are sure to do it today. Like do this today, what Anna tells you or be this. Yes. Okay. This is the, okay. This is the exact thing I want you to do. I want you to physically speak out loud in moments when maybe it's just like a tough moment or what I have so much compassion for myself, right? For getting up this early and doing this thing and going out of my way or, you know, I have so much compassion for uh, my husband for being on such a tight timeline and then telling me that he can't pick up dinner tonight, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, say out loud that you have compassion for it. And bonus points, if you want to share it, post it on social media and tag me and Allison. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. And that is a very, you're just segueing. You're like one step ahead of me here. That is a wonderful segue to how can listeners, listen, listeners, listen up. Anna Sweet is the real deal. She is one of the best intuitive coaches, intuitive business coaches you will find. And I say this from the heart. She offers her stuff that she offers in her world, in her closed group, on her mailing list is the stuff most coaches charge for. So I'm going to ask Anna to tell listeners how they can find you. And listeners, please, please connect with Anna. You will not regret it. Oh, I love that, Allison. Thank you. I think the coolest way is definitely connecting me on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. And again, tag me and Allison on your compassionate journey today or whatever you listen to this. And if you would like to download my book, Shadow Magic, I actually offer half the book as a free download. So you can just go to anasweet.com forward slash book. So that's A-N-N-A-T-S-U-I.com forward slash book. And that's a great way to get have the book. And also, if you want to, you can opt it on to the mailing list. Fantastic. And all of those links will be in the show notes. I finally know how to say your name correctly. <laughs> we, I've been saying, so we, 
So I've known you. So thank you for finally Perfect. correcting me. Thank you so much. What a really fantastic topic. I always say that my guests come on the show at just the right time to give me what I need in the yeah. moment. So thank you for giving me what I needed. And I know that you gave the listeners what they needed today as well. So huge thank you for everything. I remain one of your biggest fans. Yeah, same here. And I love that story that you shared and took us through. Thank you for sharing that. That actually brought me more compassion. Aww. Me to open my compassion muscles. So thank you, Allison. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you, my listeners, so much for tuning in. I want to give a shout out right now to Alyssa RMK. Alyssa RMK gave a rating and a review to Soul Guide Radio earlier in the year. So, Alyssa, if you're out there, I just want you to know that I read your review and I appreciate it so much. This is what she says. I'm always inspired and excited when I listen to Soul Guide Radio and I find myself sharing episodes all the time. Thank you for sharing such a great podcast with the world. Ah, thank you so much, Alyssa. And truly, truly, thank you for sharing the podcast episodes. And if you're listening here and you would like to give Soul Guide Radio a rating and review, you can do that. If you have an iPhone, the easiest way to do it is hop on your app, your podcast app. Go to Soul Guide Radio. Of course, subscribe if you aren't already. Then scroll to the bottom and you'll see a section called Ratings and Reviews. You can tap to rate and then click on Write a Review. And I will be sharing your review live on the air and giving you a shout out. And if you're an entrepreneur and you want to mention a little bit about what you do and how people can connect to you, I will read that as well. All right, my dear ones, that's all I have for you today. And as always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency, dissolve the doubt, and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve. Find a link to download on my website, allisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.